Welcome to Diamonds, Dugouts, and Days, the podcast presented by Under the Light Sports and Entertainment. We are Lethbridge's only baseball podcast featuring stories from on the field and in the dugout. As usual, I'm your host, Tony Days. Happy holidays to everyone listening. Holy cow, what an age we're living in, eh? We're still without video this week thanks to COVID, but hopefully it'll be business as usual when you hear from us again in the new year. In Stadium Speak today, Prairie Baseball Academy has postponed the camps again until January. Of course, it's all due to the new restrictions brought on by the Alberta government. They are, however, offering private training sessions. If you're interested, make sure you send an email to pba at talus.net or call the office at 403-320-2025. Now, the Bulls have released their 2021 schedule. Uh, Their home opener is going to be against the new Sylvan Lake Gulls. That's going to happen May 28th, first pitch, 7.05. So May 28th, mark that on your calendar, 7.05 p.m., first pitch. You can get your tickets at bullsbaseball.com, or you can learn about sponsoring a game and let us do all the advertising for you by emailing alyssa at underthelights.ca. Now, the draw has been made for our Cash for Christmas 50-50. Apparently, I did not win, so chances are you might have split it or do something like that or I will take any sort of Christmas present out of your winnings. Check out any of the Bulls, PBA or Little League District 1 Social 1 media pages to see who won. Social media pages, that's what they are, social media pages to see who won. Now, I would like to introduce our guest. He is Lethbridge Bulls alumni. He is number 12. He is Logan Bexton. Logan, welcome. Now, Logan played his first season with the Lethbridge Bulls in 2019, pitched a great season with a combined 39 strikeouts between the regular season and the playoffs. Joining us from Freeburg, Missouri. How you doing in Missouri, Logan? Not too bad. How are you guys? I'm doing great. Uh, Missouri, eh? Uh, just you from there? You're down there playing? What are you doing down there? Uh, I'm from this area, so I live about 10 minutes south of Jefferson City, Missouri, which is like right in the center of the state. My the town I'm from is actually like the center point of the state. We have a nice little monument in our town of it. <laughs> okay, so they say that Missouri loves company and with this whole COVID thing going on here, like, I mean, we're suffering through the COVID down there or up here, you're, I would imagine suffering with the COVID down there. Uh, are you able to play ball through this whole pandemic? Um. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I'll probably touch base on it a little bit more later in this interview, but this summer even I was able to play a little bit of baseball up in the St. Louis area. So we're able to do stuff up here. It's just kind of restricted. You have to be careful about, I mean, you obviously have to wear a mask while you're around people on the field and stuff. So, I mean, we're able to do stuff, just have to be careful and cautious. Right. Now you are, uh, uh, not only playing ball, but you're currently attending school at William Woods University. So um, what are you studying? What are you doing? Um, are, are, you, um, are, you a, are you a happy student? Or is this uh, something that you're like, well, I have to take school, so I might as well take something. Yeah, so um, I'm from, not I'm from, I'm, I go to school at William Woods and I study Um, exercise science with an emphasis in um, human performance. So I'm kind of studying to be a coach of some sort. Mostly I want to go into like the strength and conditioning side of things. And I love it at William Woods. It's 
it's kind of small, which is nice. The professors know you. It's not like those big universities where you kind of just sit in an auditorium and the teachers have no idea who you are. So it's really nice there. The academics are good. Baseball is really good there. So I'm really happy where I'm at right now. That sounds awesome. And, and you talked a little bit about it, but, um, you know, when you graduate with what you're going to graduate with, um, coaching, do you have a preference of, um, you know, do you have a, a preference of what level you want to coach at? Do you want to take it as far as you can? Is there a, a point where you go, you know what, this is, this is kind of what I, what I want to do right now. Where are you at with that? So um, right now I'm kind of seeing the options that are out there. Um, I'll be able to graduate in two semesters. And after that, I plan on getting my personal training certificate certification. And then after that, I'd like to get my master's degree. So that would kind of help me get a job at a like big time, like university. And eventually down the road, I mean, the end goal and everything is to work for like a professional team. So like, I'd love to work for my favorite baseball team, the Cardinals, or my favorite football team, the Kansas City Chiefs here. I mean, those are just the end goal, like the pinnacle of it for me. Well, and it's interesting you say that, because that's one thing that we really don't think about, you know, like when we talk about people who have played baseball for as long as you have, and, and have come up through the ranks, and then have taken uh, what you're taking at university to become a coach, we just assume a baseball coach, right? But you know, when you toss out that that you could conceivably be a football coach as well, it's interesting. And talk a little bit about that. Like baseball is obviously your passion because that's how we know you. Mm -hmm. um, but football, any other sports that you played that you like that you would like to coach? Um, I mean, I I really like like basketball. I think basketball would be really cool to work with. But I mean, baseball is the number one sport for me. Like. That, if I could get a job in my industry with baseball, that would be amazing. But like, I feel like there's nothing cooler than working with some of like the biggest NFL stars and everything. I mean, football's a really interesting sport too. I mean, every sport kind of just has its own little like ideas and philosophies when it comes to like strength and conditioning. And with going into strength and conditioning, obviously you can get into really any professional sport it's not like you have to play that sport in order to understand how the body works because well that's my degree really right so the one thing you haven't mentioned is hockey and I thought maybe your time in Canada would you know a little bit would maybe rub off on you but obviously not <laughs> it, it's the one thing though that you think about when you know what you're taking again transcends one particular sport but especially in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously your end game is to make it to the pros, right? Whether it's mm -hmm. the, uh, the major leagues, the, the NBA, uh, NFL, whatever it is. But even if you start at the, at the high school level mm -hmm. in the States, it's so much bigger of a level than it is here in Canada. So it gives you a lot more options. Absolutely. I mean, there's always ways to progress in the strength and conditioning field. It's not like you have to go to the biggest school and get the big school degree in order to succeed. I mean, William Woods is really known actually for producing people in my, in the strength and conditioning world for just jobs and stuff. I think I talked to our strength coach um, this fall actually when I was there and he said his last, what do you say, like five or six 
assistance he had, like as soon as they left William Woods, they were either either had a head job or they were at a big time like university in anywhere in the United States. So, I mean, I think I'm in a pretty good spot right now to get a good job. Maybe we'll see. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. Um, so we touched on it briefly. Um, we just kind of assume here because the season has been canceled, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we're still in the midst of, of shutdowns and this and that and the other thing. So we just assume nobody in the world is playing any kind of sport right now, especially mm -hmm. baseball. But again, you've been playing baseball down there. Um, talk a little bit about some of the obstacles you've had to overcome. You guys obviously aren't in a bubble, but it's probably the next closest thing to a bubble. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's starting to open up more and more, though. I think the biggest obstacle at the very beginning of everything was was kind of like the gyms weren't open. That was, to me personally, that was the biggest thing because I had people in my town who I could throw with and just kind of keep my arm in shape. But it was like the whole like physical conditioning for me that it was kind of hard to kind of stay on top of because weight training is huge to me and it's very important to pitchers. So I, I think just the gyms not being open was probably the biggest obstacle, but luckily I live in Missouri and we kind of opened everything up pretty early, which some people might have a problem with that. I had no <laughs> problem with that, but it was nice. That the gyms opened up probably a month, probably a month after everything really shut down. So I was able to get back to work and start getting back in shape. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it all the way down in Missouri, but when you say stuff like that, you just hear a collective gasp and a harumph, 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 harumph from pretty much everybody in Canada here about things being open during COVID, but that's okay. Um, so when you first came to Lethbridge, um, I, again, I don't know what your, um, maybe take us through the steps that brought you to Lethbridge because maybe it was a smaller kind of a center and then all of a sudden you're coming north of the 49th parallel to a country that you maybe have never been to and a city that you probably have never heard of mm -hmm. and you're meeting all these baseball players from all over North America. So kind of go through the steps and then what it was like when you finally arrived in, in little old Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. So my sophomore year at State Fair, I was having a pretty good fall season because at State Fair, where I used to go, we had a fall season and a spring season. I was having a really good fall season, and my pitching coach, who um, used to play for the Bulls, his name's John Kavnis. I don't know if you remember him or not or anything, but he um, came up to me one day, and he was like, you playing summer ball anywhere? And I was like, I kind of, I thought about it, but I didn't know for sure just because sometimes summer ball can almost, in a way, ruin a, an athlete in a way, not in a, I mean, yes, in a bad way, but sometimes the best thing to do is just take a long break, let your body heal and kind of get your legs back under you. And I was, and he's like, have you ever thought about going up to Canada or somewhere and playing? And I'm like, Canada, what are you talking about? <laughs> Canada doesn't have summer. How I'm can like, we play baseball in Canada? I'm like, oh, isn't it snowing up there or something right now? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, I used to play for a team up there called the Lethbridge Bulls up there. And I still have a contact up there. So if you wanted to play up there, and if you're serious about it, let me know. So I thought about it for a couple weeks. And um, 
I finally told him after talking it over with my family that I was like, yeah, give him a call. I'll, I'll go up there because at the time I've never been out of the country. Um, so he contacted coach Sawyer. I think it was maybe, I don't know. He, whoever he knew up there still. And, um, I got a phone call from Sawyer. He said he'd love to have me. So it kind of just went from there and I came up and it was kind of a, it was, it wasn't too different than the States to me personally. I mean, it was pretty similar, but it was just the idea of I'm all by myself. There's no family up here and I'm in a whole different country. So, but once I got there, it was, it was great because as soon as I got to the stadium, because that was the first place I went as soon as I um, got in there was, was I went to Spitz and um, so, and Sawyer saw me and he kind of welcomed me and everything. He came gave me a tour of the stadium. I mean, everyone was just so welcoming up there to me. And then eventually I met my billet family and shout out to the Johnson family if they ever listened to this, but um, obviously they welcomed me with open arms, still really close to them to, to this day. So everyone was just really welcoming and it kind of just felt like home after a week or so of being up there. You know, that's one thing that I've talked about a lot. And I, I think the people who have watched every single podcast have heard this, this question, but it's a question I love to ask because, you know, doing the, the in-game hosting and I'm doing a lot of stuff in front of the dugout and I'm noticing that the Bulls dugout has always been different than the opponent's team's dugout, right? And it just seems like there's more fun being had in the Bulls dugout than just about any single you know, dugout or bench or any other sporting thing that I've been involved with. It's just, there always seems to be joking and laughter and, and just everybody staying loose. And so, you know, I, I get that probably it's not everybody gets along and there's issues with, but I think by and large, it is, it is a family and it was a lot of fun being had. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a ton of fun while we were up there. I mean, that was probably some of the most fun baseball I've ever played was while it's up there. And it was, just one of the things we all had fun, but when it was time to kind of get serious and go beat someone, we kind of just did our job and did that. But as soon as we beat them, oh, trust us, we were the first team in the locker room celebrating and everything, music blaring. It was so much fun up there. So who is the one when you guys were jackanaping in the dugout, maybe not taking things quite as seriously as you maybe should have, and mm -hmm. you find yourself in a five to nothing hole, uh, who's the one that, that basically, you know, kicks you in the ass and says, boys, let's smarten up here and let's play some ball. Is there, is there one or two that kind of did that on a regular basis? Um, I mean, Ashton was always kind of, encouraging us kind of pushing us to be better whenever we were kind of down and stuff but really it was just like coach Sawyer just always I wouldn't say harping on us but like he was always kind of like all right let's go come on step it up he was always that person yeah yeah is, yeah and he does it well I'll tell you that um sure. your favorite memory from your first season at Lethbridge is there is there something that kind of pops out whether it's on the field off the field whatever um, probably my favorite memory was probably the, so it was like a, a com, combining of days. So the day I actually like got into, um, Lethbridge and Sawyer was giving me that meeting 
or not the meeting, the tour around the stadium, and he was just talking to me. Um, he that was the whenever he told me, "Hey, you're gonna start the season opener game up in Edmonton." And from what um, my coach told me, he's like, he always said like Edmonton and Okotoks, they always bring the most fans and everything. So whenever Sawyer told me that, I was just like, it kind of just hit me for a second. I was like, I just got here. I'm tired. And now I have to, <laughs> have to be ready to pitch in three days. Okay. So, um, but this, I would probably say that my favorite was the startup in Edmonton, the very first game of the season, just because what was there like almost 4,000 fans or something like that. And, I mean, just little moments like warming up right by their beer garden and just having little kids and old guys just harping on me after every pitch I throw. That was so much fun, honestly, to me. And then I remember, I still joke about it to this day, is um, I think I picked off over to first base like two or three times in a row, and all of those fans just started booing me and everything. And <laughs> that was one of the coolest things that has ever happened while I was up there. Um, but my fake, but that moment and probably, what was it? Probably pitching at Edmonton at Lethbridge at the, towards the end of the season, because they had a pitcher there who was one of the best in the league. And I got the opportunity to go up against him. And I think I, I pitched into the eighth inning or something like that. And, um, we ended up winning I think on a walk-off because I think Warden, Caleb Warden hit one out in like the bottom of the ninth or something like that. And that was super cool just because it was one of my better games I pitched that whole summer and just the way it ended. Cool. It's always good when the away fans boo you. It's never a good thing when the home fans boo you. So yeah, I never, I never heard about that. I never had Lethbridge booing me, so I must have done something right. All right, that's a good thing. Uh, so last year was your first year. Are you coming back, depending on what happens? Are you coming back for another season in Lethbridge? Um, I probably won't come back this next season just because my brother's getting married next year, and I get to be the best man, and I guess I have to help around with that next summer. So unfortunately, I'll probably not be coming back up, but I'm going to try to come up and visit at the end of this base, at the end of our school's baseball season this year, just come up and visit my billet family and try to catch a couple bulls games up there. Cool. Hope to see you again. Um, talk about like you, you mentioned the in Edmonton you got about four thousand fans. What do you get average down in Missouri where you're playing now? Is it you get that? I mean, obviously COVID plays a part, but normally, um, what kind of fan base you get down there? Um, during like school ball, it's we'll be lucky to have like a hundred people at a game, maybe for like when we're playing at school, but in that league I played in up in St. Louis this summer, I think they, depending on the night, usually like Wednesday nights were always their big nights and Friday nights were always their big nights. And I think those nights had maybe five, 600 fans at them. Nothing. It was kind of like what Lethbridge brought on average to games up there. Right. Cool. Um, well, it does it for me, and I, I, I want to thank you for, for joining us today, Logan. I Look, here's the deal. I, I know your brother's getting married. you got to be best man. But look, the, the Canadian dollar sucks next to the American dollar. <laughs> so you can have a cheaper wedding, much cheaper wedding in Lethbridge. 
we can take the, you know, we can take the standard picture in front of the railway bridge. It's where everybody gets it done. Mm-hmm. And you'll be the only one who has a picture of the railway bridge in Lethbridge. So something to keep in mind, because we do want you back for another season. Oh, man, I'd love to come back. Well, hopefully come back, visit your billet family, and then you can stop by and say hi to all the fans, too, because we love mm-hmm. to see you. Logan, thank you so much. Logan Bexton, now, if you want want to check out his profile you can do so on point streak follow on instagram at logan underscore bexton logan best of luck uh, not only with this baseball season but also with your academic career and um, wherever life takes you yep thanks for having me all right logan bexton everybody now another weekend of the pandemic another episode with no player development look forward to bringing one of our brilliant coaches back to talk to you guys again soon once this whole covid thing is done I want to thank you for joining us for Diamonds, Dugouts, and Days, the podcast. Our next episode is going to be out in the new year, so keep checking our social media accounts for updates. Right now, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate. Stay safe, stay healthy, be kind. Thanks for listening. I'm Tony. We're going to talk to you after the 12 days of Christmas. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, oh.